On behalf of Dreamers Empire, we'd like to welcome you to the Recapturing the Future podcast. From computer-driven cars to monorails, from smart houses to floating cities, from spaceports to interstellar travel, in the spirit of the innovative and forward-thinking concepts of the great world's fairs and Walt Disney's experimental prototype community of tomorrow, we cover the technology and exciting concepts of future living. So join us today as we recapture the future. sponsors of the Recapturing the Future podcast is forum software Fusion BB. Fusion BB developers packed Fusion BB with features for both site owners and users to make your community a success right out of the box. Visit us at FusionBB.com. Hello and welcome to Recapturing the Future. This is episode number seven, and today we're doing part two of our series on Dubai. And as usual, I'm joined by Bob and Josh. Bob and Josh, welcome to the show again. Hey, how you doing? Josh, <laughs> the real question is, how are you doing? <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm surviving. Josh had a little accident today. Yeah. Maybe you could share with us. I know you want to. Oh, just the clutziest thing. I was just walking along, twisted my ankle, and... And sprained it very badly, so I had to go do the X-ray thing and get the little air splint, splint and the crutches and all that good stuff to uh, to hobble around for a few days. So I'm hoping for a, a speedy recovery because this is no fun being hobbled up. Actually, uh, I was just going to mention that uh, in our city of the future, no such spraining would occur. <laughs> <laughs> that would be good. I need that. Okay, what did you think of when Bob said that? I immediately had Wally come to mind. Right. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> well, I was th- I was thinking even before that. Uh, <laughs> I don't know if you guys ever used to watch the uh, the Thunderbirds, which was uh, the they used marionation. Oh little... yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> nope. Well, they they always they always transported by either elevating somewhere, you know, or going you know in a horizontal motion, but they never walked. And uh, I always wondered, uh, wow, they really come up with some cool little contraptions to show how they could just go from conveyor belt to elevator to, you know, uh, they sit in their chair and the chair moves to where they want to be. And I come to find out the reason they did that is because it's hard to make a marionette look normal when it's walking. (laughs) So it wasn't just the cool... Future was just based on that they were using primitive puppets. Exactly. You know, because so it wasn't this future vision thing. It was... (laughs) more practical so it is fun to watch (laughs) now bob uh if i can would you be uh willing to share where you work because where you work actually is a very 
future thinking, forward thinking company. Yeah. Boy, I never thought of it that way before. <laughs> oh, of course it is. I think when you have your head stuck in code, and you guys know what that's like, you, you kind of lose the sense of uh, wonder. Wonder what you're working on. <laughs> actually, actually, the uh, right now I'm working at Medtronic, and uh, they're based here in the cities, and they're a medical uh, device or medical electronic device maker. Actually, they make a lot of medical devices that aren't even electronic, but uh, the the division that I'm working for is the technology division. So it's kind of cool. They uh, they do um, research on new devices. So it's uh, it's if you're going to be in an area, it's kind of fun to be in the research end. So, and the device I'm working on is actually uh, may even sound a little bit. Yeah, it it would be fodder for the uh, conspira conspiracy theorist people. <laughs> it's uh it's called the brain radio, hmm. and what it is is it's a neurostimulator that uh, delivers a stim uh, electrical stimulation to the to the cortex of the brain, and it's for people that have some you know uh, diseases like Parkinson's and or essential tremor. But uh, what they're doing with the device I'm working on is they're actually, instead of just delivering the uh, electrical pulses to these leads that are implanted in the brain, they're actually turning the, uh, turning the uh, output amplifiers off and turning them into input amplifiers and they're reading the uh, brainwave signals from inside the brain and they're trying to figure out ways to use the information that they gather from the uh, subthalamus, I think they call it, of the brain and using it to help deliver the proper therapy, or they even have some kind of pie in the sky ideas of what they could do with it. One of them being uh, mind control of, prosth <laughs> of prosthetics and wow. that kind of thing. So, so it's an interesting, interesting little project. So, when right now when you say it, it'll read brain waves or whatever, so is it re is it reading it so that it can respond to it immediately with some kind of a stimulation with it, you know, sending these pulses or whatever or is it reading it sending it to your computer so you can study it uh both oh so the, the idea is it's got it's got memory on board the device and so when they uh when they turn on the uh you know that ability they're able to store the information in memory and they can analyze it or they could actually program the device to react to the uh to the information that's coming in from the leads so, for instance, one of the things they do is they, they actually use this device for people that have uh, epilepsy. And uh, it, uh, it'll usually, uh, or in a lot of cases, it will avert an epileptic seizure. And so one of the cool things they're trying to do, the, the problem is they, they usually have to turn the device on and just leave it on all the time, delivering the stimulation, kind of like a pacemaker for the brain. It's constantly delivering these signals that keep the electrical signals of the brain settled down. But but the problem is that they don't always need it on if it's for epilepsy. They only need it on when a seizure is coming on. Hmm. So the idea is that they can have the device in input mode and then uh, they can be reading brain signals and when they detect kind of the, the biomarkers that tell them it's a, um, uh, it's a seizure, then they can have the device do something like turn on, you know, heavy stimulation to try to try to avert it so wow yeah anyway so it's a uh, it's interesting science behind it now i'm not in the scientific end of it i'm in the just get it working and <laughs> so you know 
So we're stuck in code and test and everything. So I can't fathom how you even begin to come up with the process of code to make all that work. Right. Yeah, they uh, you know they do a high level design and uh, you know they decide well what what does it have to do and then they put the firmware writers to work. Uh, and I'm not I'm not actually a firmware writer. I'm I'm a firmware test person. Mm-hmm. So I have to I have to try to break their code. <laughs> so would you say that at Medtronic because that is so state of the art that the the like Josh say how do you even figure that out? I I assume like maybe you know, one or two percent of the company is really, really smart, and everybody else is just doing what they're told. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> that's a, that's that's it. You know, we have uh, we have a couple just, I mean, scientists there and and researchers, and and one of the guys that uh, really kind of spearheaded this project. I think I mentioned to you before, Dean. His name is Dr. Dennison. Oh yeah. And uh, he's kind of funny because he's you know he's a PhD out of MIT. In, extremely intelligent, and yet he walks around wearing a kind of a sport coat and jeans and tennis shoes, you know. <laughs> and he's the kind of guy that'll just come up to your cube and just start joking with you, and you know. So he's he's really a fun guy <laughs> to work with too. <laughs> so I always feel like I'm testing those guys' patience. You know, I don't know I don't know how to talk at their level. I try, you know, and then they uh, laugh knowingly and walk away. <laughs> I think you're being overly hard on yourself. Oh, okay, that could be. <laughs> By the way, I work at Dairy Queen. Um, <laughs> there's these twisty cones that remind me of some of the um, designs in Dubai. So, yeah. What is the what is the science behind that twist? Uh, is it? You would be surprised. <laughs> I'll stop there. <laughs> okay. I'll just mention one more thing. Uh, one of the ways they tested uh, this device is they've implanted it in animals, uh, chimpanzees to be exact. And uh, what they do is uh, um, they implant the leads on the chimp and then they put them in front of a, a television screen. And in front of the television screen is just a dot. And what they do is they, they will light up one side of the of the screen and they want and they they program the device so that if if the uh if the chimp thinks in like the alpha wave portion it'll move the cursor to the left if the chimp thinks in the beta wave uh portion of you know thought it'll move the cursor to the right oh my gosh and so what they do is they'll light up one side of the screen and if the chimp is able to move the dot over to the that side of the screen he gets a treat <laughs> And they said usually within a couple hours, these chimps can move that thing anywhere you want. That's funny. Yeah. So they, uh, they're they teaching the chimps to think in a certain fashion that causes them to get their treat. So anyway. that's Would, it, uh, would a chimp be better than a human? In- uh, no, they've done, uh, I think they did just, uh, they've done a little bit of human testing, not with our device, but with another one. And they said uh, humans are much faster okay. in their ability to do that. But I don't know what level they've done, but they've done some preliminary work in that. So, If they um, showed you a deluxe dining plan as the, um, at Disney for the, for the treat, you know, Bob, <laughs> record time. We know, where, we know where my cursor would go. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, that one, was si- fast. one side is the La Cellier reservation <laughs> confirmation. <laughs> I'm not allowed to go there anymore. 
<laughs> You've been banned. I've been banned from we, the we've hinted, we've hinted at this uh, this experience we had at Epcot, but uh, we 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 were we were trying all kinds of unethical activities to try to get into Los Celliers and. Well, I was a genius because they always ask what hotel you're staying at, and then there were no reservations, and we were at Pop Century, so. I said, I said to you, the next time you call, say, say you're at board, you know, say you're at uh, beach club or yacht club or contemporary or something, and they won't know. Well, I happen to be the next one to call, so I decided to test my theory, and <laughs> I said I was at, I was at uh, the uh, the yacht club, and then the lady couldn't find my reservation, and that that dug me in a little deeper. When we had to spell my name and all that stuff, and she figured out I was at the Pop Century, and and then I kind of lied and said, "Well, I'm sorry, I was confused by what your question was. I'm actually standing in the in the yacht club." But then then the announcement came out about Illumination starting in ten minutes, and that blew that story out of the water. <laughs> that was funny because I, I think we were standing, me and Eric were standing next to Josh, and we hear him on the phone saying, "Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. Oh, I thought you were asking." where I am right now. Uh, and I, out. I, am, I, am stand, I am standing at the Yacht Club and then, tonight at Epcot. Yeah. Just 15 minutes, the lights will dim. Illuminations, reflection of Earth. And that, that lady works at Disney. She knows darn well what that was. Oh, she well. Knows that doesn't come out at, at the, the Yacht Club. <laughs> Neither said we did not eat at La Cellier that trip, but no. So much for my brilliant idea of oh, just say one of the good hotels. I bet there's a reservation if you're at a good hotel. <laughs> it was ingenious, but <laughs> I'm, I'm glad you did it, Josh. It's it's a great talking point. <laughs> right, gives us something to laugh about. <laughs> For our first futuristic structure from Dubai, uh, we're looking at the Burj Al Alam, which the English translation of that is, is World Tower, um, and it's a 108-story building, so it's definitely one of the one of the taller buildings in the world. Um, and like some of the, the structures we've looked at, where some of them are expected to be built, this is one that actually uh, began groundbreaking in 2006 was supposed to be complete in 2010, but they had many delays in payments from the investors. So uh, it's actually on track now to be finished in 2012. So it's it's nearly uh, nearly finished. Um, it's kind of really tall and thin, and the top of it's designed to rep- to resemble a like a crystal flower. There's like petals. It was built by the Fortune Group, which also has another a number of the other projects in Dubai. 74 floors of office space, retail area at the base, a high-end hotel and service departments in the top 27 floors, uh, luxury five-star hotel section uh, is to contain the highest hotel rooms in the world, um, and it will feature a six-story crown, that's the things that look like the, the petals, which will actually be a Turkish bath, sky garden, and other club facilities. Hmm. Wow. Do you guys, I'm seeing a pattern where a lot of these buildings, especially the taller ones, it seems like they divide it between business and residence and um, hotel. Yeah, they're not all single use where typically in the, 
in the United States, if you have a building, it's either a hotel or it's an office building or it's a residential. They don't often mix them. Right. Wonder what uh, what is a, a Turkish bath? Is that a uh, what is it? What it's always oh, it's a steam bath or it's like a sauna. Yeah, like a uh, yeah, exactly steam bath. Uh, method of cleansing the body and relaxation. So it'd be like going to the spa, I think. Wow. And the Sky Garden reminds me of that piece that Bob talked about last time, the the cloud. Yes, that was very cool. <laughs> that that building seemed to have no real purpose other than being like a large park up in the sky. <laughs> pretty pretty impressive. Uh, that the building that you're looking at is. Uh, it's a, how, how tall was the one we looked at last week? The the tallest uh, wasn't there. Wasn't one of them like a hundred and thirty stories or hundred and sixty four? Sixty four. Uh, wow. Yeah, the uh, Burj Al uh, Burj Dubai. Yeah. yeah, which is there. Yeah. So this one is uh, it's about the size of the twin towers were uh, in New York. So because they yeah. were one hundred and ten, right? So this is one hundred and eight. Right. Yeah. And uh, it's a very cool, sleek design. I'm probably asking dumb questions, but when I look at the top of that, is there just a point where those are those inhabitable floors as it flowers out, or is that just strictly design on the top? I don't know. It says the six the 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 crown at the top is a six story, so it's probably a lot of open space because it's the Turkish bath, the Sky Garden, and other club facilities. So it may kind of be open space up there, at least the top six floors of that. Nice. Yeah. The one picture in Wikipedia at the base of it looks kind of cool. It almost looks, it's hard to tell, but it looks like it's got, you know, a park. Is that what like you said? green space. Yeah, it yeah, looks the, like green space on the top of the, the lower the lower base structure. Um, it's also set to have... Uh, 30 elevators, but 19 of them are going to be double-decker elevators, so that's kind of unique. Oh, I never heard of it. Yeah. Double-decker, so it's got two, um, just one on top of the other, and it just moves in unison? Must be. Hmm. How would they load up? Yeah, like, aren't you always going from floor one up? or Right. But I guess if that bottom part's all retail and stuff, you could have multi-levels... You know, if you had two levels of, uh, of like, two main levels down there, it, I guess it would be possible to have two cars going up. It reminds me a little bit of the stratosphere in Las Vegas. You know, right. that, it's got that same kind of base where, you know, so I think that's where the casino is, and there's a lot more floors. And then there's a, because I stayed there, actually got a really cheap... Um, rate when I went out there. I was there two weeks after 9-11, or 1, and um, they were all still trying to react to the 9-11 thing, and so they, for whatever reason, they would shut down the pool at like 6 at night. Like I was like, How does, what does that have to do with 9-11? But I remember that, and yeah, it looks a little bit similar to this design here. How funny, I was out there, I was out there about a month after 9-11, and that was my first time up the stratosphere, and that was kind of weird just knowing that it was the the, the same height, and the you know they kind of had the makeshift security before you could go up it and all that. All you that were stuff. there? I was there. Oh, we missed each other by a couple weeks. Yeah, I was there October October of 2001. 
And may, I guess now that I think about it, since it's a tall building, and I know they had points in America where they said these are vulnerable, maybe stratosphere was one of them, and that's why they didn't, for whatever reason, I don't know, why would you shut a pool down at yeah, I don't get the pool business. Yeah. I mean, if you're going to shut it down, shut it down. But well, that is a cool building. Funny, while we were talking, I just looked up the double, double decker elevators, and and you know those are becoming common in some of these big buildings. And and what they do is uh, you, you load from two main levels, but um, you know one one elevator serves the even floors, and one elevator serves the odd floors. Ah, hmm. just getting more out of you that ride up. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Probably because there's, you know, the volume of people going back and forth between right. the floors and the, you know, the shopping area. You would need that kind of lot of capacity. So the only weird thing is like when the, you know, when the elevator in top, like if it stops at an even floor and and you don't need to stop at an odd floor, your elevator can actually stop and then you're kind of waiting there. That would kind of freak me out a little bit. Another interesting concept that they're looking at in Dubai is a hotel called Hydropolis. And what it's billed to be is the world's first luxury underwater hotel. Now, you guys see the picture there. Of course, what you're seeing is the element that is uh, not underwater. Of course, there's sections that are above water. But uh, I think the, um, the the most interesting part of the hotel is uh, the rooms that will be actually underwater with windows so you can see some of the aquatic life there and I'll read a little bit about it it says uh, it will include three elements the land station where guests will be welcome the connecting tunnel which will transport people by train to the main area of the hotel and the 220 suites within the submarine leisure complex it is one of the largest contemporary construction projects in the world covering an area of 260 hectares it must be a, a, a Middle Eastern form of measure about the size of London's Hyde Park hmm. and of course uh, it's uh, so it sounds like 220 suites are planned to be uh, underneath the ocean in the bay there this isn't the very first hotel to have underwater suites, right? I know I've seen a video, but now I can't say for sure if it was real or just in design. I think they, yeah, they did one, not in Dubai, but it was somewhere else. Some island in the Pacific, I thought. Yeah, uh, that wouldn't be connected. Well, where's that Atlantis Hotel? I don't even know where that is right now. The Atlantis is in um, uh, Nassau, Bahamas. Yeah, and that's not underwater, though, right? It's, no. Uh, no. It has an underwater slide. <laughs> oh. I remember that. See, this thing, I think they should call it Sea Base Alpha, and the little tram <laughs> should be the, the sea cabs to take you down there. Yeah, there you go, the, the hydrolator. The exactly. The, the and then the other thing that comes to mind is like Jaws 3. Isn't that the one where they were at the underwater, the, the little underwater amusement park? <laughs> and the shark broke in or something? Yeah, the shark broke in and the... The, the tube that people were in got compromised and everybody was trapped down there. And... <laughs> Never saw it. <laughs> Never saw it. That's a good idea, though. <laughs> now, I'll, I'll send you guys a link and we'll have to, uh, we'll have to um, put this up on the website so other people can see it. But this link has a, a bunch of good pictures uh, 
of the hotel. Looks like a couple different concepts because they haven't actually built the hotel, so it's still in design stage. And of course, similar okay. to some of the, similar to some of the other buildings, um, you know, the underwater uh, room is really really cool. What's that? The underwater room is really really cool because it looks yeah. like a pod with like glass over the top of you. Like it's not just a window; it's like the whole like you're under glass and glasses to your you know. Yeah. to the outside and above you and to the top front and back of you. So that's very cool. That that picture is the best. And it, it almost looks real, doesn't it? It really does. <laughs> I'll read a little bit from the top. Uh, so when it discusses the uh, one of the 220 suites, which really, uh, that's, that's, a, that's a large number of suites to build underwater. And like you guys said, the, the whole thing is encased in glass. So it's it's as if you're... You know, you're well, not as if you are actually in an aquarium, except you know, you're the aquarium, right? <laughs> now, you're the air aquarium, and then the, the uh, water life is all around you. And I'll read the statement above it says, In order to enter this surreal space, visitors will begin at the land station. This 120 meter woven semi circular cylinder will arch over a multi story building. On the lowest level, passengers board a noiseless train propelled by fully automated cable along a modular self-supporting steel guideway to Hydropolis. Yep, the upper stories the upper stories of the land station house house a variety of facilities including a cosmetic surgery clinic, a marine bio, biological research laboratory, and conference facilities. On the lower levels are staff rooms, goods storage and loading areas and hotel and parking areas. Amazing. Huh. That does oh. sound cool. That, 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 that sounds futuristic, <laughs> if I've ever... I want to stay in that room, but the only problem is if that room's like a pod and it sticks out and it's glass all around, what prevents you from, like, looking out the side and looking into your neighbor's room? They must have... Because I, I know there's a... I, I think there's that hotel and... Well, the way that one works is, is it's like... Um, just picture at the bottom, however many feet they go down a hallway, and everyone is kind of potted out. Right. But they didn't i don't you know it's like a, i don't remember i just know that it they, it did deal with that privacy issue yeah Very it looks cool. like looks like there's some kind of barriers on each side there you know oh that's so, true so at least if you're standing up and changing or whatever you know people can't really see you right or, or could you do one way gla- uh one way glass like they had you know like you yeah, you know, I don't know if that works down there, or they maybe they need um, what was it from Star Trek? Clear aluminum, the one that <laughs> Scotty um, showed them how to do in Star in Star Trek Four. Oh yeah. What was that again? Um, Transparent aluminum. Yeah, something like that. I think so. <laughs> it looks like your jacuzzi tub's even out in the room, so you could be like in your jacuzzi tub looking at under the ocean. <laughs> that is That's kind of funny. That is cool. I, what makes this work too is it's got those, say the reefs and stuff out there. It gives it some dimension. The one that I saw, and I I do think it was real, it didn't have that. So it's just, you know, you're lucky if you get some fish to go by, but you're just looking at blue. It sounds right. like it sounds like uh, you know. Of course, the room is awesome. It's it's like uh, where you would spend a lot of time. But it also says the the land station also includes a restaurant and high-tech cinema screening the evolution of life in the ocean and the history of underwater architecture. As a finale, 
Now, this is a cool part. As a finale, the screen will open to reveal the real-life Hydropolis. A viewing platform at the front opening of the spanning roof will allow views of the architecture as well as the light shows of Hydropolis. <laughs> so, very well, awesome. Light shows. I, I missed it. What was that? They don't say anything about it. Apparently, there's going to be some kind of light show, you know, and <laughs> they, you know, I don't know what that means. I don't know if it means they... They light up the uh, the you know the coral underneath or, or what? Beautiful. Well, it shouldn't surprise us that Donald Trump has made a, or I should say, made a bid uh, for a Trump International Hotel and Tower, which was a proposed skyscraper hotel at the trunk of the Palm Jumeirah. Remember we talked about the Palm Jumeirah Islands, which is the only, the one of the two that really survived, you know, all the economic challenges. And uh, it was a joint venture between Trump Organization and, and Dubai-based Nakheel, which is a government-owned company. Announced in 2005, it was gonna be a 300-room hotel and uh, construction was suspended indefinitely. It doesn't say how far they got, but um, uh, on this and other prestigious building projects in late 2008, of course, due to the, uh, the credit crunch. And uh, so, canceled. Will probably be replaced by a shopping mall. But uh, I think, you have you guys both seen the, the design of that building? Oh, yeah. One of the better ones. Yeah, definitely. It looks like two towers that come together at the top. Yep. With a. I, go ahead. I think what intrigues me too is, of course, the two monorail lines. Uh, it looks like <laughs> going right at the base of that. So that's that's very neat. You can just you can just see. I mean, with Donald Trump, you know, when he gets in there, he's probably commanding the best location, and just like you say, that monorail is working its way right to and from that uh, hotel design. Right. Man, that would have been awesome. So the two towers go up, and I like, like about halfway up, there's like a tunnel connecting the two towers, and then, of course, they come together towards the top. Yeah. But is they come together in kind of a funky shape. It's not, they don't just come up and touch. They, they come together in this weird point. And I and I assume it's the sound design. Uh, as a matter of fact, if you're interested, uh, there's a website that's called TrumpDubai.com, and uh, it shows a nice little flash intro and some of the different um, spots in the hotel. And uh, there's a, of course, something that we would love: a sky restaurant and bar that is near or at the top. Huh. It's got quite a view. Looks like the there's uh, elevators that run on the outside of the building, on the inner between the two towers. Oh, I see them there. They're kind of they're, those kind of stick off the building. Yeah, so it gives you a uh, an impressive outdoor view. All right, I missed that one somehow. Let me see. Where did you see the elevator? Oh, just look at the picture on uh, page two there. Oh. And look between the buildings and the space between. You'll just see look. a little bridge. You'll see little cylinders that look like they're just kind of sticking out oh, the, yeah. the side. So, yep, that that to me looks a lot like um, 
the Epcot design right there. I'm not the building, but I'm talking about at the base with the monorails and and just things like like this would be the that would be the city center design that Walt had for Epcot and then and uh the monorails going in and out. Epcot's uh cent, cent, central building was a hotel, if I remember right. Well, and if you if I I just realized something which maybe you did or didn't, but if you look below the mo- the monorail, that's water. Those are boats. So the the two towers actually straddle like a like a channel of water. Yeah, that's cool. I'll I'll mention this and I mentioned it to Bob earlier this week. I was listening to another podcast and they interviewed a guy who's coming out with a book in October on I think it's going to be called something like Walt in the Premise of the Future City or something like that. And and the statement he made, which you rarely hear, is he believed that the the city that Walt designed Epcot to be was was very feasible and it's what we should have done. Because huh. as we've done this podcast and asked that question, people have said, what we're hearing more consistently is, well, it would have been nice to see it, but we like Epcot the way it is, and we would agree with that. But I think too many people in general just think that the plans were unrealistic. Probably when you're talking about a dome city, um, <laughs> that's you know where a lot of the cost is. But if you look at uh, his design for the radial uh, transportation concept, you know, to the suburbs. Uh, that's really a smart way to do things. Yeah. Yeah, I think you're right. There was the dome part. I think that part wasn't realistic. But uh, I know Josh wanted it. Yeah, then it would be uh, all uh, rainproof and air-conditioned and beautiful. That is true. You wanted that, the- that over the Magic Kingdom, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the whole Walt Disney World complex would be great. <laughs> There's there's something called the Dubai Promenade, and or Promenade, and that's on page four, but it looks like a big donut. Oh, oh yeah, oh yeah, that's a good one. Have you seen that? It's uh, uh, it's located between Dubai Marina and Palm Jumeirah, and it's a wheel-shaped five-star hotel that's built on a man-made peninsula, and then there's a series of other towers that you know are cool looking they're not anything super fancy but that's a uh another 2000 residential units so i just thought it looked funny because it's like a donut shaped building and when i say it's a donut shaped building it's not a donut that's sitting down like a round building it's a donut that's tipped up on its end like a wheel like a tire (laughs) that kind of reminds me of a tire (laughs) yeah well, you know, my you, you know, you think tire, my I think donuts, but uh, uh, it's it's one that uh, you know, like many, it started in two thousand eight. They they broke ground and and it's finally with all the with all the problems, um, ex- actually expected to be completed this year. Oh, it's really going through with it, huh? Yeah, yeah, and the 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 project population will have. I don't understand. I guess it's just the amount of people that are expected to be there is what they call the the ex expected population, but 20,000 people. So, uh, 9,700 residents and 20,000 people. So it's supposed to have, uh, you know, it's got that hotel and then those other towers are going to be residential, you know, office, hospitality, retail, commercial space. 
along with some points of interest. Hmm. Um, you know, and then it's it's on the water, and it's going to have marina and uh, and all that kind of associated with it. What would be the? I guess it's just the the unique. You know, why hasn't somebody done this before? I guess. Right. Hmm. Yeah, it's uh, so the it looks like uh, five. The residential units are the five towers that are right next to it. There. Or? Correct, and, and I think some of that will be commercial. Um, and doing some more reading, it'll be twenty six thousand um, square feet of retail space. Um, restaurants, cafes, a 70-berth marina, um, and the iconic structure, the Icon Hotel, they're actually calling this, the first page said it was going to be a five-star hotel, but actually it's slated to be the second seven-star hotel of Dubai. Mm. The donut-shaped hotel. Thank you. I'm not the only one that thinks donuts. <laughs> donut-shaped hotel will be the first of a kind in the world. Huh. Yeah, and is Hydropolis the other seven-star <laughs> Yeah. Because that's what they slated that one to be as well. Yeah. So I've seen a video on the Burj Al Arab, and and that was the world's first six-star. Am I remembering that right? And and the six-star, it was insane what a six-star had to be. I mean, it, it meant almost like private servants, you know. Right. Let's see. Seven, uh, let's see, star classification. I'm curious if they... Uh, um, and clicking at it in Wikipedia, if they talk about what six and seven star hotel, let's see what they, um, let's see, luxury star hotels, that's the highest is seven, uh, need to obtain high expectations of an international guest service. Superior luxury star is only awarded with a system of intensive guest care. I was curious if they give a lot of specifics, they do with the, the six star. The six star uh, has to be uh, reception open twenty four hours, multilingual staff, doorman service, valet parking, concierge, page boy, spacious reception hall, uh, seats and beverage service, personalized greeting for each guest with fresh flowers or a present in the room, mini bar and food and beverage offer via room service twenty four hours, personal care products, internet PC in the room, safe in the room, ironing service within one hour. Shoe polish service and turn down service. Hmm. So, so I have to make a correction. Uh, I've heard this in other podcasts, and I'm making it now. I said Burj Al Arab was the world's only six star hotel, and I had that wrong in two ways. It's the it's a seven star hotel, and I think it was at the time it was built or opened the first and only seven star. But it sounds like this one is also going to be a seven-star that you mentioned. Gotcha. All right. Correction made. And it's, by the way, just another interesting tidbit. The uh, Burj Al Arab starting rate is 870 a night, which, you know, I mean, if it's seven-star, <laughs> I don't know, maybe that's pretty good. Yeah, I mean, uh, it seems like some of the Disney ones were... <laughs> Disney can go way above that, can it? Yeah. <laughs> if you go down on that same page, page four, there's a, about halfway down, there's a set of structures that look like uh, 
it's like four buildings with some kind of thing on top oh, yeah. that looks like it's offset from the center. And I see it. And like the round thing in front? Yeah. That's definitely interesting looking. And I'm trying to find uh, more information on it, but I don't see anything. It doesn't say yeah. a whole lot either. The Soro Real Estate is planning a grouping of large buildings in the Abu Dhabi for their gate development. Well, while we're looking for that, what that that picture reminded me of there a little bit, Josh is the and Bob because you both have been there, is the new city center in Las Vegas. Oh yeah, that that this was a couple weeks ago was my first time seeing that, and that just the way those buildings flare out, and you know, it's just a very cool, um, very cool architectural uh, building. Did you go up in it? Um, we didn't go up in like the, any of the hotel parts, but we did walk around the 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 shops. At the Crystal is kind of the the shopping or the retail area that connects connects them all. We we walked around the the Cosmopolitan Hotel. We walked around Aria and uh, and ate at Aria. We ate at um, Eva Longoria has a a steakhouse there, and so we had a neat like window view, which you could see the strip and you could see the the buildings that kind of towered above you. And it's just kind of funny how they like flare out. You know what I mean? Like they weren't straight lines. They flare one direction or the other. And then that monorail or their little tram thing comes right through the center of it. So it, it definitely would seem very futuristic. Was, um, what wasn't the city center. Isn't that really struggling to, to get, I, th- I think it definitely did because it, uh, uh, it was stalled in construction for a long time. And, and my understanding is there's supposed to be a second, uh, city center complex there that has all but shut down construction hmm. uh, further down the further down the strip. But uh, I mean, there's there's a ton of hotels hotel space. I mean, there's Aria's a tourist hotel and and Cosmopolitan's a a casino tourist hotel. But there's several other boutique hotels there that don't have casinos and and things don't have a lot of draw into them other than the hotel. You know what this reminds me of is the buildings uh, um, that I can't find a whole lot of information reminds me of a it's a hotel in Singapore. Take a look at that. There's a, there's a pool on the top of the hotel which looks like it just goes oh. off to the edge. Oh. It's like a, what do they call them? Infinity pools. That Normally they put them next to the ocean so when you're swimming you look like you're near the ocean but this looks like you totally swim off the... Swim if you off go down... If you go down, you see a picture. It looks like a ship. The last picture. It's supposed to look like a ship, and you can see the pool, which is at the top there. No, uh, this is this is is this, this real? This is real. This is insane. This is in Singapore. That 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 one with the ship is real. Yes. Oh, that is. What's this called? Let's. It's Infinity Pool, fifty-five stories above the ground in Singapore. Huh. It's the Marina Bay Sands Hotel. Oh. Boat-shaped sky park perched atop the three towers that make up the world's most expensive hotel. Hmm. That takes the cake right there, and I don't. It's beautiful, like cabanas. The pool is long, like down the side of the ship, maybe taking up half the side of the ship, and it's like there's little cabanas and chairs and little lounge beds and so you, you those are like right on the water so you're you're lounging and sunning yourself 55 stories up looking over the city and then you can hop in the pool right off the end of your end of your chair 
swim right <laughs> up to the edge. So if you see the second picture, uh, it looks like you could probably swim up to the edge, and then you're thinking, well, why couldn't you just crawl over it? And you could see some kid doing it. It looks like in the distance there's some kind of um, a other structure there. so that Right, like lower level, but you just don't yeah. see that from when you're in the water. Right. Yeah, it looks like you could swim right off the edge, but it would kept capture you on the next level. Right. And they do that a lot in the on the beach and things. They have infinity pools that look like they go right off to the the edge of something, but they really don't. I remember seeing the world's biggest pool and it was like kind of like that where you know, it looked like it just kind of went totally out into the ocean, but there was a edge to it. Hmm. Pretty incredible. That would be kind of a cool experience. I love that top one, that guy swimming all alone up there and looks like he could roll right off to his death. Look at the very bottom picture. There's like a man and a woman and they're just leaning up against the edge. Right. The city behind them. Huh. Craziness. And then the uh, picture above that with the, um, or two two things above it with the uh, gondola kind of thing. Oh, yeah. You know, it's not quite a gondola, but kind of like a gondola. And they have that in Vegas, right? Yeah. So. Yeah. It's it's a retail complex. There's a round canal that kind of comes in like a cul-de-sac of a canal. The elevator's in the middle of it on the right-hand side, which goes below the water. It's kind of neat. Yeah. Okay. I think, you know, if, if anybody would like to really sponsor our podcast in a serious way, we could... We could go and broadcast live from these locations. This is a serious offer to somebody out there. Um, please just bring us on out to Dubai, and we'll go and do a podcast, and we'll give you a full sponsorship. I think we should go to the Shark Tank, and uh, yeah, you know, we say we want one hundred and twenty-five thousand for a twenty-five percent stake in our company, and. <laughs> Then they go, what would you do with the money? Uh, well, we'd go to Singapore, Dubai. Yeah. <laughs> you know, if, we want, if we're looking for a cheaper sponsor, we could go to, we could go to Aria or Stratosphere and, and broadcast from there. Yeah. Heck, I'd even broadcast from Pop Century. <laughs> <laughs> that might not be quite futuristic enough. Yeah, that's true. What's the most futuristic spot in Disney World? That's a question for you guys. Good one. The most futuristic spot? Yeah, in Disney World. Hmm. I'm, I'm standing around underneath Spaceship Earth. Yeah? Yeah. That's a good one. What's yours, Dean? I'm working on it. You're working on it? You know what? It was... Uh, it would have been in the Horizons ride. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, if it was still there. If it was so still so there. That's so futuristic after it gets torn down. It's kind of sad in a sense that we can't think of any really futuristic spots. Right now, I'm I'm with you on Spaceship Earth. That's that's probably the most futuristic looking thing. You know, a, a close second for me is, you know, if you're eating at uh Oh, what's the what's the steakhouse at the Contemporary or or Chef Mickey, but the steakhouse is a little more quiet and you're at the contemporary restaurant and the monorails are going over your head that mm-hmm. even though that hotel is not, you know, not modern 
and it's been there a while, it just it makes it seem modern because you're sitting there and this futuristic transportation device is quietly buzzing over your head and mm-hmm. transporting thousands of people back and forth. That's a good one, too. I thought of one now. Where is it Disneyland or Disney World where they have that pretty big home of the future? I thought it was near uh, Carousel of Progress. And I know I, I know I went through it with, <laughs> with you, Bob, but I can't remember if it was Disney World or Disneyland. I think it's Disneyland. Yeah, Disneyland has in their Innoventions equivalent, right? Yeah. Their equivalent is where the Carousel of Progress used to be when it was in California. Didn't they move it from? Yeah. Well, they have a, a basically a home that's designed to be not too far in the future. I would say, you know, pretty pretty close, like within twenty years. But it was it was very cool. It had a little movie in there. It had uh, just I remember the kitchen was very modern and. Yeah, I think the you know the the idea was that's all technology that's here, you know. You could you could do it today. Right. Well, that'll wrap it up for episode number seven. Please join us next time as we continue to discuss and recapture the future.